0: hey everyone welcome to the image doctors photography podcast i'm jason odell and i'm rick walker and it's good to be back with everyone today um got a fun show i am busy packing up i'm headed up by the time you hear this i will be on a uh, motor yacht in croatia uh, so uh with a redo of uh a repeat tour of what uh we did last year right rick? yeah
1: yeah and it was great
0: we've got some clients and i've got some people who i who i know plus some new faces i'm excited to hook up with them in uh split croatia in a few days um and then we're cruising all the way down uh to dubrovnik and it should
1: be as i would expect it should be awesome because we've done it before yeah it's it's a wonderful place be sure to have some black risotto oh
0: yes it's on my list i, I all Yummy the good stuff, stuff i know now i still can't pronounce that one one brand
1: of beer <laughs> <laughs> I just cannot do it for the life of me, but that's, that's what it is. Well, since I can't even remember the brand, much less pronounce it, I'm one step behind on that one. Yeah. There you go. I just remember that some of the beer was very nice. It was good. Yeah. No,
0: very, very similar to kind of like Czech Pilsners that, that mm-hmm. you might get in that part exactly. of, the, of the world. So it's. it's I think it's, the
1: one that you're, that we're both thinking about was the one that we liked and was very much like Czech beers. Mm-hmm or something like that it was started with an o or something anyway
0: i my my uh my uh, croatian is non existent i would say bad but it's not even that it's not even good enough to be bad um i don't i don't have it but um we just wanted to uh bring everyone up to speed with a couple of workshop
1: announcements um we do have space for santa fe right rick just one spot we we can bend it a little bit and one thing i'll i'll mention um if someone is in a situation where they've got a spouse or significant other that would like to come along who's only going to uh would only want to do like iPhone photography nothing more than that um give us a yell and we can um look can at giving you a, a special rate you know yeah. to to make that work where they would be able to come along in the walking tours and shoots and stuff but again just sticking with iphone photography and not the other stuff that that would be wonderful and we welcome that
0: yep speaking of companion pricing i've managed to lock down companion pricing same situation uh for sort of non-photography to to go on my uh panama workshop uh tour this is in april we're going to start in panama city go we're going to take a excursion to a sloth sanctuary And then Mm -hmm. we'll fly over to the Bocas del Toro area on the Caribbean side, on the Western part of Panama, about 10 miles from Costa Rica, where we'll spend four days shooting in an eco lodge where they're covered with sloths and lizards and hummingbirds and parrots and all the kind of things that cruise through that area. Very similar to what you would see in Costa Rica, only without any crowds. So I kind of like it that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cool spot. Plus all the meals and everything are inclusive on that tour. So I, I like that uh, quite and a bit. And they were yummy. Oh, yes. Very good stuff. So if you're interested in going on that, but you wanted to bring a companion, it's the perfect kind of trip to bring a companion uh, to just enjoy all of the nature, um, let me know and I can get you a special rate on that one, too. Cool. So it's all good stuff. Uh, so today we're going to take a departure oh, from... Uh, one oh, other quick sorry. thing.
1: <laughs> so we will not have a podcast coming out next week. We'll have a gap.
0: Yep of a there, week so it was, it's not because we've forgotten it's because i will be seven six thousand miles away or whatever yep, it is yep so too many time zones to try to record on uh,
1: shipboard wi-fi <laughs> yeah i would say so anyway yes so we, you'll even see though it back. was surprisingly good there i don't think we want to try that it it,
0: it it would be a little bit rough um yep. okay so that's good so today we're going to change gears a little bit and um talk about something that I don't know if we've talked about it much at all in the past a little bit, probably a little bit, but it was way long time ago. And that's medium format cameras, um, especially, you know, medium format digital cameras. And they've been around for quite a while now. Uh, So we want to talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, why you might go there, what's available on the market. What, what are some of the nuances there? Um, and I'm going to leave this one to you. You have more experience, certainly infinitely more experience on this than than I ever did. But, you know, just to be clear, we you started off at one point you had, or you probably still do have a, a, a 645 format, uh, a four by five format uh, film camera. Is that correct? Or at one point you had um, film medium format film, right?
1: Yeah, I used medium format film cameras in the past, never a four by five. You know, that's, Getting into large format, but I used the six. Yeah, I guess I used six forty five, six by six, six by seven cameras at differing times, different brands over many many years. Mm-hmm. And um, and the philosophy there was that with a bigger piece of
0: film, you just recorded you know more information, uh, easier to make enlargements. Uh, you green know, you was much gr- less of an yeah. issue much much Uh, less and 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 as the reverse of when you go to the smaller format where your depth of field increases as you go to the larger format your apparent depth of field decreases even with relatively slow lenses right Mm -hmm. so like Mm an f4 lens on on a larger format might give you the same bokeh as uh, an f2.8 lens on 35 millimeter or something like that yeah
1: and in the past you know, I I there was definitely a difference in quality going from 35 millimeter up to even the smallest medium-sized, medium format sized um camera. There there just was, you know, the the grain just really disappeared in many ways out of the prints. Um, whereas it was much more pronounced than the 35 mm-hmm. millimeter ones. So you could just print a lot bigger, mm-hmm. a lot nicer. Um and get good results but you know they were big and bulky too
0: right and we'll talk about that i guess a little bit Mm -hmm. um so then medium format digital came along and at least the way i've always looked at it um was that um medium format digital was the way the path towards huge megapixel resolutions um, Mm -hmm. because these were cameras you know, back when everything else was maybe 20 to 24 megapixels, a medium format would give you 50. And now they'll even give you 100 megapixels and who knows what.
1: We're actually up to about 150. Yeah. Right now. That's,
0: that's crazy. And yeah. the idea being that the bigger sensor not lets you get more pixels without cramming them all together. So you're going to have cleaner images, less noise um, than you might get from... Um, uh, a 35 millimeter sensor, certainly an APS-C sensor with, with mm-hmm. similar resolutions. Because there's 35 millimeter size uh, mirrorless now and, and, and DSLRs that that will give you 40 plus megapixels. That was yeah, unheard I mean, of 10 years yeah. ago. I so. mean,
1: you can get 61 mm-hmm. right now is the largest um, or the highest resolution in a full frame camera. So, you know, it's quite a
0: bit. So what are you getting then by, you know, other than pixels? What, what are you getting when you move up to say a medium format system?
1: Well, let me, let me just reframe that slightly, just slightly. And, and cause this is the conversation that I would have with, with someone. And I would ask them, what are you wanting to get, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of results or what's in, important to you in your shooting? Um, the the first one is a little bit more objective. The second one is a little bit more subjective. But, you know, I think a, a good way of viewing it, Most of, first of all, most of the, the medium format digital cameras that are out there these days, the, the bulk of what are sold are 33 by 44 millimeter sensors as opposed to, you know, roughly 24 by 36 mm-hmm. with full frame. So they're a bit bigger they are not enormously bigger. I think in terms of area, that's like 1.7 times or whatever. But here's one of the key things is, and it has to do with what do you like in the way of aspect ratios for your image, you know, for your prints? Do you like the two by three format that you find on full frame cameras? Um, Or do you like more the format that you find with your iPhone um, shots? You know, what, you know, just what's your preference? In my case, I often find that I end up cropping my full frame images down a little bit on the long dimension. Almost always, you know, if I'm doing portrait orientation, because it's just too long. Mm -hmm. It just seems too long. Right. Um, And it doesn't matter if it's a portrait of a person, but especially in that case, or even something else. And then even for the horizontal ones, I find myself cropping that way frequently. Not all the time, but frequently. So I kind of like that format. And and the reason I think that's important is if you like that format, you're gonna get the biggest bang for the buck in terms of those extra pixels, mm-hmm. extra sensor size. If you really like the two by three thing, then you're cropping that medium format sensor down closer to full frame and you lose some of that impact. So it's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. But I would ask about that. And then I would ask them about, you know, print sizes that they want to make and you know, how close do they really plan on looking at them or wanting people to look at them? Because honestly, you can print darn big with uh full frame sensors. You just can't. Mm-hmm. you can print darn big with even smaller sensors than that um but i would want to hear that they plan to print if they only plan on doing things online i tell them rationally yeah this does not make sense because it just doesn't for online stuff in general
0: well you know you bring up a great point rick because mm-hmm. when the when the d800 first came out you know this was 36 megapixels mm-hmm. i remember you're. I remember that moment where we were like, holy crap, you zoomed in and, you know, but you only saw that on your computer if you zoomed in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So unless you were cropping to that size, and by the time you make it into a print, you might not notice that extra detail unless you're printing really large. Right. So sharing images on the web, you're never going to see the kind of resolution and detail that you might have. Um, So I agree with you there. Um now most medium format cameras get you a little bit better dynamic range too so mm-hmm. if you're going to do serious stop. landscape or portrait work where tones uh were really critical i could see that being a consideration as well
1: Yeah and in in terms of do you experience that when you're working with the images i would say yeah yeah i can tell the difference mm-hmm. just like i can tell the difference when i drop down and sensor sizes you know i i can definitely tell like with micro four-thirds that i have a little bit more a little bit less dynamic range then i can only push the shadows so much and things of that sort so i'll give the medium format i can go nuts
0: yeah i'll give you an example that i experienced firsthand i don't have a medium format system but one of my Mm -hmm. good clients does and he uses a phase one for mostly studio stuff at this Mm -hmm. point but he brought it to um uh one of the workshops i did years ago in arches and canyon lands and and he was there at sunrise under mesa arch which is the classic shooting directly into the sun coming up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he adjusted single shot single images <laughs> and just right. had all the toner there was no hdr required at that point. right, and, right. And, and, and certainly looking at this you know because it was probably four or five years ago by now um when that when that happened i mean the that was a significant impact it was noticeable um of course then we can talk about you know the other thing which is the overhead of of having a system like that and carrying it in the field Yeah,
1: well we'll get into that in a sec one one of the things i would say regarding dynamic range and and with the landscape shooting that i do and and you know what that's like Mm -hmm. and, and what the light is like and how it can be contrasty at times I rarely find myself needing to resort to HDR or blending techniques. If I'm using a medium format camera, it's just enough more, just that little mm -hmm. bit more is enough that it just kind of takes care of most shooting situations. Yeah, that's cool. So it's, it's nice. I've, I've shot brackets, but I rarely ever use those additional images.
0: So, you said that most of these sensors are 33 by 44, but you can get a mm-hmm. bigger one. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The biggest one these days, from what that's production model, not some weird custom made low quantity thing, is like 53 and a half millimeters by 40 millimeters. So, that's still not as big as the old 645 format, medium format film size i think i had too many words in that (laughs) (laughs) there's at least some redundancy there so it's still smaller than that but it's it's big for digital Uh, it honestly is um but that those are expensive and that's where you can find the 150 megapixel uh, resolution with the 33 by 44 those are either 50 or 102 um, at least from what i know of
0: so when i look at this stuff so so you have this bigger sensor and we mm-hmm. talked about that and then of course you're going to have to get bigger lenses um but yeah. generally you're talking about by the time you're getting to these systems you're talking about pretty good glass that's available for them uh yeah imagine
1: good. yeah let's let's just talk about quickly what what's on mark on the market um, right now fuji is i think selling by far the most medium format cameras easily easily and those are all 33 by 44 millimeter sensors. They're either 50 or 102 megapixel cameras. Pentax is still quote selling them, but um, you know they've got the 645Z camera, which is not mirrorless. It's a DSLR style camera, so it's got a mirror. You and given the size of it, you you, you have to lock it up for exposures because it vibrates so much. But it's a nice camera. It can be found on the used market at good prices. I would say overall, the lenses are very good, um, but not quite up to the level that you find with the newer cameras like the Fujis. You know, just a little bit more fall off toward the edges and stuff. But I used a 645Z for several years because I had had Pentax medium format film cameras. And it it was a great camera. Really nicely Mm -hmm. designed. It's just older technology given it's a DSLR, um, you know, there's no phase detect autofocus if you're using the LCD display on the the back. And of course it has the optical viewfinder. So you don't get the benefits of an EVF, but it's, it's good stuff. It's just the lenses aren't quite there, but they're very affordable. That's, that's an important thing. That is key. Yeah. And then, you know, Between Fuji, Hasselblad, and Phase One, which are the other, you know, brands other than Pentex, all of their lenses are very good, very high quality. There's some Leica stuff out
0: there too, right?
1: Yeah, good point. A little bit bigger than than full frame, not as big as the others. So it's kind of an in-between thing, you know, a slight supersize to full frame. And most of those, you know, other than the Fujis and Pentex, are really, really expensive. I mean, you're talking, you know, multiple tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So you really have to know what you're wanting there. And, you know, going back to the original thing about what do people want, I think a valid thing too is someone, this is the more subjective part, someone that just really enjoys getting into the craft of slightly slower photography and really wanting to eke out um, the most they can of images hopefully that does mean printing and everything too but you know it's a it's fine mm. for people just to have fun with these mm. things too and so if knowing they can produce that quality and striving for it is important to them you know medium format can work fine
0: i certainly see a lot of instances where you know, at least with some of these cameras, and I'm talking about things like the Hasselblads, the Leicas, or the, certainly the Phase One, mm-hmm. they're almost really targeted to people doing something in a studio, almost entirely. Like whether it's portraits, or maybe you're doing art reproduction where you want really good quality images of of art. I know that's something, or product photography, where those tone ranges and those colors they got to be spot on, and and you're going to be You know using them for you know and and whoever needs them demands the highest quality possible file that that seems to be and 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 the reason part of it too is is just that when you start putting things together for one of these systems you know you you think about your lenses um and that you might use with a dslr or or traditional or a mirrorless kit you know to get that same that's you know it's that opposite problem i mean a, a 50 millimeter lens in 35 millimeter world is a normal lens and a 50 millimeter lens in medium format land is a lot wider than that it's 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 not the same and and so um your your kit can get really big really fast and then and and, you know so for example when my client brought his phase one kit that that year i mean it was okay because he was able to drive out there and meet us he didn't put it on a plane but i mean it was a 35 pound bag of gear
1: yeah, what I would say is at this point in time, I would view the Hasselblad and Phase and systems as really being more studio cameras, just because there are very good alternatives like the Fuji in particular, mm-hmm. that are much smaller and lighter, still high resolution, very good results that you can use out in the field easily. And that's where I wanted to go next. Yeah. Was
0: when we look at this Fuji, which is interesting because you know fuji has very much two systems they've got the 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 apsc sensors mm-hmm. that we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. and then they have this medium format line um the what is it the gfx 100s or that's, i forget it that's that's the big have, one
1: they have several yeah they have two big ones the 100 and the 100s but 100 is kind of like a z9 mm-hmm. in terms of its shape and and size whereas the 100s is, you know, not as big as like a Nikon D850, nor as heavy, um, but bigger than your average full-frame mirrorless camera. So one of the things that's
0: important if you're going to take a camera out into the field and use it mm-hmm. is the autofocus system, the usability, the the handling, and the controls. And from speaking with you in the in the past, it sounds like that's something that Fuji has done very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. especially on the newest ones. Yeah. The so autofocusing the one... systems are faster and more responsive and the control layout is much more similar to what you'd have on a traditional mirrorless or DSLR body.
1: Right. I used their earlier 50 megapixel cameras. They produced very nice images. The autofocus was a little bit clunky and, you know, not as quick with a 100s. It's just a very nice camera period. You know, it has the features you expect in a modern camera phase detect, autofocus, many different patterns, face and eye detect, um, you know, auto bracketing, focus stacking, you know, go down the list. It's got all that stuff. It handles very nicely. It's comfortable to handhold, you know, which is not the, true, the case with some of the larger um, cameras that we talked about. They're just not fun to handhold at all. But you can absolutely deal with the Fuji. It's got IBIS, which That's helps great. with hand-holding. Um, you know, if, if I were talking to someone about it, I would say, and I have had this discussion with people, make sure that you understand what the complete system will be like in terms of size and weight. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're okay with that. Um, Because, like you were alluding to earlier, the lenses are where it gets kind of interesting. The body may not be all that big or heavy, (laughs) but the lenses sure get there in a hurry. And unless you're the kind of person that is very comfortable just taking one or two lenses, you're going to be carrying some weight around. It's it's not awful, but it's you're going to notice it. And and we're going to notice it.
0: Another thing I noticed very right away with the Fuji system is that it's half the price of some of those other cameras. Yeah. So it's not inexpensive at the very you know at all, but the difference between a twenty thousand dollar body and a six thousand dollar body is pretty significant. So yeah if you're getting into that territory they've got they've got some nice uh price points relatively speaking uh compared to the other stuff.
1: Yeah yeah and even the prices of the lenses are pretty decent compared to the others. They're expensive compared to full frame, but cheap compared to some of the other brands. So right now, I think in general, if someone were asking me for advice, I'd say go with the Fuji. Because frankly, if the right model is a Hasselblad phase, they already know that.
0: They're already doing studio shooting, et
1: cetera. Someone asking me the question almost automatically goes into the fuji category unless they just want something to play with that's inexpensive in which I case I would say the pintech 645z you
0: know it's it's funny that you bring up these other features though it's important mm-hmm. to remember because you know if you're gonna spend this kind of dough on a camera, you know like mm-hmm. lay out kilo dollars as my PhD advisor used to call them um you you kind of want to have some of the latest technology and one thing that struck me and this was years ago okay so mm-hmm. this was this was we weren't talking about medium format stuff but i had a a client who brought uh the one of the earlier um leicas you know the rangefinder style digital mm-hmm. um yeah. which was an insanely expensive camera compared to what i was shooting at the time which was probably mm-hmm. a d3 something right um and when we looked at it, I mean, other than things that we've talked about in the past, which is it's a different way of shooting, and you might like that, that you know, the that that That's aside,
1: vastly different. If if you, I would if, say,
0: if you throw that out for just a minute, my Nikon, which ca- cost easily half as much, right? It had a better LCD, it had more features, it, it had you know better color, um, just in the handling. was was just better the ergonomics was better and it's kind of like I scratched my head and said and it's okay to like that camera I'm not I'm not trying to knock the camera but when you looked at you know from a value proposition of what is it that I'm getting the camera that cost half as much had probably twice as many features that I found important um, other than the the way you shot with it um, so it was just an interesting thing. So when you have these cameras that cost, you know, 15, $20,000, not to mention mm-hmm. the lenses, you know, uh, you, you'd kind of want them to have those, those features. On the other hand, you're tethered, right? You're probably in a studio. I know one of the things that phase done phase one does really well is that they have their capture one software designed for their backs, which is yeah. really good. And some features that you can get with it. So if you're doing that hardcore studio portrait or product photography or, whatever um it's nice for that but you pay a penalty <laughs> you pay a significant penalty for, yeah. for some of those the, things.
1: the one thing i would say is if you find yourself very much going down the path of doing an economic analysis uh, it's it's you, painful you're 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 not the customer right you're already missing it missing you're already it. missing the point and that would be true with the leica rangefinder too if that's the way you look at it, forget it, it has right. nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with well, it. I just pulled All up, about the yeah. shooting experience.
0: I just pulled up some of the mirrorless uh, or the not mirrorless, but the medium format. And so there's a Hasselblad hundred megapixel and it lists for $33,000 for right. the camera alone. That's yeah. no lens. So,
1: yeah. uh, so the Fuji 100 at six something. That's a pretty good deal.
0: Yeah. It's uh I'm seeing it at 59.99 yeah. right now at B&H. So anyway, I mean that's the thing. But it's it's cool. It's unique. Uh, you do get a different look, and you do have some tremendous Somewhat. things. But it's it's really um, you're not taking snapshots with, with these. That's for sure. This would not be your recommended walkabout travel camera in most cases.
1: Well, I mean, have you I ever used the 100s with a single compact lens that way?
0: Right. I have. But would you take it on your trip to Portugal? I
1: mean, probably not. I I thought about it. Yeah. But I decided not to. But I could if I, it goes back to the, could I be happy Mm -hmm. with something like a 40 millimeter equivalent, for example, Mm -hmm. which is actually pretty versatile. Mm -hmm. And some people would absolutely say yes, that would be fine. And so for them, it would work. For me, it would be a little bit too constraining for the most part, although I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't be my choice on something like that. But certainly for stuff that goes into not too big a backpack, or especially if I'm shooting out of a car a lot of times, mm-hmm. it's just not a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, the transport
0: um, mm-hmm. become becomes a consideration. Yeah.
1: Well, cool. Anyway, yeah. Um, and I, you else? know, one thing I would say is don't expect radically, a radically different look. I hear and see that at times. I think it's kind of silly for the most part. Um, you know, the, the quality I would say is one better <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on the perceptible scale. So maybe it goes to, so people. not vastly better, but a little bit better.
0: Right on. Well, it's a cool topic. And, um, as always, if you have, Uh, topic suggestions for us just uh, drop us a note over on our image doctors facebook page facebook.com slash image doctors and we will be uh, more than happy to uh, respond and take take those topic ideas from you so um,
1: anything else you want to add this week rick no nope. just a reminder again no podcast next week so we'll have a two-week gap okay well we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks and
0: until then happy shooting
1: all right bye-bye